Good morning and welcome to Sharper Iron. Spend the next hour with us studying the living and active Word of God, His two-edged sword of law and gospel, recorded for you in Holy Scripture, all about Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and ascended for you. Thanks for tuning in this morning here on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas. Sharper Iron is underwritten by the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, where your investments help support the work of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Visit lcef.org for more information. On this Wednesday, August 26th, we are studying Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 22. Solomon addresses his son for a second time. He instructs his son to seek after wisdom from the Lord, to seek after his way of righteousness, and to keep his feet far from the crooked paths of evil, those paths that would lead toward adultery, idolatry, and ultimately death. To help us sharpen our faith in Christ as we study God's Word today, we have with us regular guest, Pastor Gavin Mize. Pastor Mize serves at Augustana Evangelical Lutheran Church in Hickory, North Carolina. Pastor Mize, welcome back to Sharper Iron. Thank you, Pastor Apple. Always love being here. Pastor Mize, as we get started this morning, give us a, an introduction. We're now in the second chapter of Proverbs. We're going to take the whole chapter today as it as it works out. What do we need to know about the book of Proverbs as a whole, the themes of Proverbs, authorship, anything like that that will help us with this chapter today? Absolutely. Uh, since we have such a large uh, amount of text in, in the, the entire chapter, but... Uh, with that being said, we have um, we have to put some parentheses around it, I suppose. Uh, so we have the the basic introduction into Proverbs, uh, which is the beginning uh, of knowledge, and uh, you'll find a lot of bumper th- bumper sticker theology in here. Um, what I call bumper sticker theology. Because I used to call it mall kiosk theology, but they don't really have malls anymore. That's right. Um, but but do you do you remember those old T-shirts? Oh sure. I, I mean kiosk. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and Proverbs is. I think that's one of the temptations with the book of Proverbs is to turn it yeah. into a mall kiosk theology or bumper sticker theology. Egg. How do exactly. how do we how do we avoid that, Pastor Mize? Um, by simply taking Solomon at his word, uh, you know, actually be wise with it. Don't, you know, don't be foolish with the words that, that, that he's, that he's giving, uh, to, to his son. And that, I mean, you know, making a, a breadcrumb and fish shirt or, uh, you know, a John Deere logo out of John three sixteen. You know that that is obviously being foolish with with the with the word of God. But Proverbs in particular, uh, you know, we we think of fortune cookie theology t- too. You know that the the Chinese proverb that's supposed to uh, be like sound bites for our lives, but that's not what Solomon does here. So he he gives us the beginning, um, the beginning of knowledge. Uh, and in particular, here's here's kind of the the bumper sticker theology part. Is that verse seven on, in chapter one, the fear of the Lord is, is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, um, the uh, cheerless. Uh, I'm putting and I'm put, putting this in a in a good light. There's the cheerful and the cheerless Baptist. Uh, the cheerless Baptist may have on his car the fool, fool, the, the fools despise wisdom and instruction, or they'll have that on the uh, um, on the side uh, on the sign in their yard, or you know I think of like like that's that's what's in the compound of the Westboro Baptist Church, mm-hmm. um, whereas you know the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Well, what does that mean? And we're going to jump. And we're going to get into that. What what the what fear means? Because if we don't have that uh, that motivator, that that word, if we have a good definition for that motivator, then then we can't even begin to begin the beginning of knowledge of the Lord. So, um, and then of course it goes on through that chapter for um, 
the the fool's folly, the uh, the the sinner's enticement, the uh, the lustful allure, kind of the the warning to to his son, and then um, the the call right in to to wisdom, saying, uh, "I'll just right here um, at twenty three. If if you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour my spirit onto you." I will make my words uh, known to you because I have called and you refused. Listen, I've stretched out my hand and no one uh, and no one has heeded because you have ignored my counsel and uh, would not and would have none of my reproof, um, etc. To whoever listens to me uh, will dwell secure and will be at ease and without dread of disaster. Uh, the complacency of fools destroy them, and that 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 right there that was the one I was really really diving for. Um, the complacency of fool fools uh, is what destroys them. So, um, in other words, because you're neither hot nor cold, cold but lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth or spew. I like that translation better. Just I don't know which one's more correct, but spew just sounds cooler. Um, but that that I mean that is that is one thing that is really killing the Christian church right now in America is lethargy or lethargy um, if you're from down here and or apathy and complacency. Well, Solomon is killing his son. Uh, basically, he's 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 putting the bookend uh, in front of. In front of all of the books, uh, the beginning bookend, I should say, and then the ending bookend will come later. But here's uh, chapter one would be the would be the beginning bookend, and then chapter two would be the first book um, in in the library of wisdom that mm. that Solomon has to give his son. Mm. A couple of things just to to pick up on Pastor Mize, that the fear of the Lord is going to be a key theme that is introduced there in 1 verse 7, and it's going to just keep coming back in the book of Proverbs. And today's text, we definitely need to look at what does that mean exactly to fear the Lord? What kind of fear are we talking about? And I think the reminder of verse 32, that the complacency of fools destroys them, is a good thing to keep in mind as we go into this text. Because right away, you're going to see Solomon urging his son toward exact opposite of complacency, an attitude that is going to actively seek after the Lord and his wisdom and the way of righteousness, and to actively avoid then the way of wickedness, the way of the fool, the way of the adulteress, as we will see in the text later. So uh, several themes that we've seen already in the book of Proverbs that will come up again, the idea of two ways, two paths is going to be important, and which will we choose? These are all important themes. So as you said, Pastor Mize, we do have a good chunk of text to look at today. So I'm going to go ahead and read for us a decent yes. a decent stretch of it. I'm going to read verses 1 through 15 to give us a, a flavor of this and we'll start looking at it. So Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 15. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake the paths of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. That's Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 15. Pastor Mize, in those first five, yeah, five verses, 
I think Solomon, that's where he really speaks against that complacency. He, he does talk about this. Is, I think there's an interesting juxtaposition that's going on here, especially if you look at verse 6 too. On the one hand, Solomon talks to his son and says, if you receive my words, and in, in verse 6, he talks about the Lord giving wisdom. So there's a, a passiveness, a receptivity to this receiving of wisdom. And yet, the the verses that are in the middle there talk about being attentive and searching after these things and seeking for it like you would silver, that there's a an active seeking out the things of the Lord. Both of these things go hand in hand, that it is the Lord who gives the wisdom, and yet, as a Christian, it is something that I seek after in him. Help us into these these first verses, Pastor Mize. Well, anytime there's an if, then there has to be a, a then. And so that's that's important in understanding the first, particularly the first five uh five verses here when he speaks with his son he's he is rocking him out of lethargy or out of complacency um if you receive my words uh and I, but I, I love how he calls him my son um because there, there is a i mean there is a possessive nature there just like there's a possessive, possessive nature of uh, uh god calling us adopted sons through his son jesus christ um but that but that possessive nature my son um is 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 also translated throughout scripture uh and in the particular new testament when when god says this is my my son um listen to him or in who i'm well pleased whichever verse you want to take that from um then he says if you are to do this, then you would be wise. Okay, uh, which which is going to be the ultimate uh, ending here, the if then statement. Uh, if you if you do these things, then uh, you will have the knowledge of the Lord, uh, or then you will be wise. Uh, if you do not, um, then then you you know you 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 are going to. You you are going to be blessed by putting skin in the game, hmm. um, and that Lutherans kind of go, uh, hang on a second. You know we, we we don't we don't believe in the in the activity of faith, and I said, well, that's not what we're talking. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about the 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 active nature of uh, re, 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 of CZ. Even I say it so much. Even I'm made it almost made it an active passive there, um, that we don't have one percent active nature to receive God. So I did it again to to take God. I guess if 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 it's a if it's one percent us, then it's a hundred percent us. Um, if it's one percent God, then it's a hundred percent us. Um, there is no give or take uh, as far as, as far as faith and salvation goes. However, with that being with that being said, that's 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 matters of faith and salvation. But doesn't God desire uh, us to be wise and not fools? I mean, wh- why parables? Why does Christ give us the parables? Um, give the disciples the parables. Uh, and it's also why I hate the, uh, I, I shouldn't say I hate cause I don't want to turn any pastors off. I do not particularly prefer the term, um, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Well, uh, that's just, that's just salvation right there. Uh, but simply put, if you receive my words, and treasure them up my commandments uh treasure my up my commandments with you making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart i mean it's all active call out raise your voice seek it like silver search for it uh as if it were hidden tre- as as if it were a hidden treasure um then and we get to the then then you will understand 
the fear of the Lord. So it's so we haven't even gotten to the beginning part from chapter one. Like we're he's explaining what we're doing to get up to the fear of the Lord. I mean, he has any, he's beginning to explain what the fear of the Lord means. So before you can, um, let me get back here. Uh, before you can actually have the fear of the Lord uh, being the beginning of knowledge, you have to know what the fear of the Lord is, and that's what Solomon tells his son. If you receive my words and you do X, Y, Z, you make your ear, incline your heart, call out, raise your voice, seek the silver, search for it as a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So he he basically, uh, if you if you remember from gra- uh, grammar school, this is the way that they taught us here in North Carolina. The uh, the old tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and tell them what you told them. How to write a, a simple essay. Sure. Yeah. I regret. Uh, yeah. It's a, yep. That's a pretty simple outline. Is that yeah, what yeah. Solomon's so, doing? Yeah. It's, at least, at least up to this point. Right. <laughs> up to this point, he in chapter one, he's tell him what he's going to tell him, um, and now he's telling him right at the beginning of of this of this part, um, where the if then statement ends, when the, where the then ends. And then you see the passive, the passivity, the passive nature that you were talking about. Um, so, and I, I would say, I would like to kind of hand that off to you because I think that you were running, uh, you picked that up before I did. Uh, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, etc. The The passivity, the receiving, um, that, that, that we seek knowledge because there's a difference there's obviously a difference between um and the astute lay theologian who uh becomes an elder and pushes for every sunday communion because he wants to taste uh the foretaste of the feast to come and the person who goes yeah i believe there's a higher power i mean someone has or i i believe i believe in jesus as my personal lord and savior and that's that's all that, that 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 they can say there's a big difference there's a there's a, there's a, there's a whole uh, uh, scale of foolishness folly and then wisdom between those two i think the the point the point that i wanted to to bring out as you said pastor Mize, is you you have all these active verbs which sometimes does make us uncomfortable as lutherans because as you said when it comes to our justification and our salvation we want to scripturally maintain that I play absolutely no role in my salvation. I I cannot, by my own reason or or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel. And I think think that, as I'm just reciting it right now, that's a helpful way of, of looking at this, is that, yes, this is the Holy Spirit's call. He gives it to me, but he does it through means. He does it through the gospel. And, and so Solomon here calls out upon his son to treasure that, to receive that gospel, to, and there you, you were talking about, there I did it again, Pastor, to receive the gospel, right? To, to seek after it, to, to go for it, to treasure it, to earnestly look into it, and, and in that, the Lord does not give an empty promise, but he actually gives what he promises. There he gives the wisdom. There he gives this knowledge and ultimately the fear of him. And you said at the beginning, and we need to come back to this, that the fear of the Lord, we need to understand what that means so that we can understand what Solomon is getting at, not only in this section, but really throughout the whole book of Proverbs. So how should we understand this term, the fear of the Lord? Um, also, I, I I think that it's important to to point out that in the my son, uh, my my best friend always had uh, at his desk the gospel implied is the gospel denied, uh, and that that it, 
when he's writing a sermon, if you just imply the gospel, then you're then you're not proclaiming the gospel. That was the point. However, um, and, and and I completely agree with that, and it stuck with me for for as long as we've been friends. Um, but I do think that that in the my son we can assume some things, uh, particularly when you look at the first verse. It didn't start at the second, but the the my son means that he has the faith. Uh, so the the receptivity is done. Um, now, uh, now this is now, now you can choose to you can choose to be a wise man or you can choose to be a foolish man. Um, and you know this is this is the way that I this is the way that the, uh, theology works in the seminary and it's the way it works in, when I, where I went to college and the way it works uh, here at Augustana is iron sharpens iron right so it's not to say you're not going to do foolish things but what do you do when you when you when you uh uh do those foolish things well then you're you're enveloped on yourself you know you're you uh you go back to scripture and find where you were wrong etc so i did want i did want to make that 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 the activity is um is is uh, we're, we're we're looking at the activity with the assumption that the son has faith, because that's the way that Solomon is dealing with his son. So, when we get to the fear of the Lord, then we're like I said um, on on my bonus material on my podcast is I try to explain it fear it, this way that it's not the bully on the playground. It's God is not the bully on the playground that you are to be afraid of. Now. That's not to say that you should shouldn't be uh if you are a pagan or if you're a luciferian or if you are um you know contrary to to the Christian faith you should be afraid of him like the like the strong man on the playground I wouldn't say I wouldn't call God a bully but the strong man on the on the on the playground uh and you as as the weak man but the faithful, we see the fear of God as as the as the awe of God, and you might you might even get some emails on on this next point, but uh, I'm going to make it anyway. Uh, the that the one uh, now, amazing grace to him can there it, you can point out a lot of things you can point out its weakness. And you can point out that it could be stronger, but the one thing that Lutherans always go to, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? Twas thing, grace. Well, oh, go ahead. You go ahead. That, Twas grace that taught my heart to fear. Fear. Sure. Well, if we understand that fear in 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 the sense of the awe of God and the and, and the and the way that Luther understands understood fear as in um you you shall fear love and trust in god above all things and and we see that allness of it then it's not a it's not a confusion of law and gospel um in fact it's it's just gospel and the reaction of receiving the gospel and i believe that 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 the desire to search for wisdom is is a re, is a reaction to the gospel. If 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 you want to say, well, you know, it's it's law because it's active. I, I would say, so what? Um, it's not active for salvation, but it is active for instruction. Um, we do, you know, kids do get dropped off or at Augustana come with their parents to confirmation class. Um, you know, it's the work of the Holy Spirit, but they also uh, Come to 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 uh, l- learn the fear of the Lord, the the awe, the um. And it's also why I why I dove so deeply into the beauty, um, the sensory perception as beauty, uh, and catechesis, because that's like that's the thing. If you if you can build all visually and uh, in all sensory ways, then I mean, you really you, you more capture the understanding of 
the awe and fear of God and not the uh, he's going to beat me up kind of fear. Right. We we certainly, as, as Christians, don't want to stay in that fear of God as a, a bully or as a strong man on a playground, as if he's he's there to beat me up. I don't think that we should lose that sense of fear and trembling before God, but in, but in this way, as Christians, to recognize that he's God and that I'm not. And, and that, yeah. I mean, that, that actually means something. So um, an awe of him and also a recognition of my place before him. What is his standing as the creator and the savior of all things? And what is my place as one who is his creation and one who has been saved by him? And, and letting that determine how I relate to him, how he relates to me. I mean, those are some of the ways that I've thought about fear. And so within that, even as a Christian, there is at least to a degree a, a sense of fear in that recognizing he's who he is and and I have no right to come before him. So there is a, a bit of trembling. But what makes all the difference as as a Christian then is what Jesus Christ has has done for me. I uh, one of the places that I like to go to, Pastor Mize, when it comes to the the fear of the Lord, and when we maybe we can pick this up a little more on the other side of the break because we need to take that soon. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus talks about, don't be afraid of the one who can kill the body, but be afraid of the one who can throw both body and soul into hell. But then not, but a couple verses later, what does he say? He says, don't be afraid because your father knows how many hairs are on your head. And so I, I think that those verses from Matthew 10, and there's other places we could look to, do a good job of holding together this this tension that it comes to when it, well, what is this fear of the Lord? How do we make use of it as Christians? And we can talk more about that on the other side of the break. You're listening to Sharper Iron here on KFUO. Going to take a short break, but we'll be right back. Please stick around. Since 1978, Lutheran Church Extension Fund has had the humble privilege of supporting Lutheran Church Missouri Synod Ministries and her workers. Thanks to faithful investors, LCEF has provided thousands of church workers, congregations, schools, and organizations with the low-cost loans and resources they need to reach more people with the saving name of Christ. To learn more, visit lcef.org or call 800-843-5233, 800-843-5233. Welcome back to Sharper Iron. It is Wednesday, August 26th. We're studying Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 22 with Pastor Gavin Mize. He serves at Augustana Evangelical Lutheran Church in Hickory, North Carolina. Pastor Mize, on the other side of the break, we were talking about the fear of the Lord. I kind of left us hanging a little bit there, thinking about Matthew 10, where Jesus talks about fearing the Lord and yet not being afraid. Any final comments on this fear of the Lord before we move on with the text? Yes, I think that you, in your... uh in what you were saying is the perfect example of wisdom. I mean, you were using your wisdom to understand uh, the, the, the two different types of fear. Um, just because the word says fear and God in the same sentence doesn't mean that we automatically assume all. It's also, uh, we can, we lean on the other side of the road just because we see fear and God in the same sentence, we don't uh, we don't think of the strong man on the playground. Uh, that's why we need context. That's why we need um, exegesis. That's why we need wisdom. That's why we need to search His ways so that we can understand these things uh, better. And then we don't get we don't get you know i use that that amazing grace uh example now i mean that that's not scripture but um i kind of use that just to ruffle some feathers but uh but more i think a better point is the is the catechism you know fear love and trust well love and trust go hand in hand but fear it doesn't it doesn't make sense unless it's the all 
the understanding. Fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Um, I am. How can I love and trust the kid who's going to uh, give me a wedgie or push me down in in in, in the playground? You know, that, that that doesn't it doesn't work. Doesn't make sense. Uh, we're, we're we're using the we're using our knowledge foolishly. Uh, but you gave the ex- the, the perfect example. Um, of being out of your wisdom and out of your training and out of your searching uh, for the wisdom and knowledge of God, um, understanding the awe of God, um, that fear of God, and being able to tell that from the wrath of God, being afraid of the wrath of God. Um, you know what? You know what? That makes all the more beautiful having that awe and, 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 you know, trembling in majesty and, um, perfection and divinity that really makes Christ in utero something beautiful when you, I mean, uh, when it comes to Advent time, you know, we're, we're so constant, we're so concentrated on, um, now, the baby's coming, the baby's coming, the baby's coming. But then we for you know, we 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 have to wait until Christmas to to remember, oh wow. Uh this is the this is the Lord and God uh, of all. Um we had to go to John one, of course. Uh, but okay, so at, at here at verse six we we do see uh, the the reception. Uh, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth. Um, or excuse me. The, the Lord gives wisdom space. Uh, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up wisdom for the upright. And he is the shield to those who walk in integrity. Guarding the paths of justice and watching over the ways of his saints. So, again, all of that is gift. All of that is given. It's um, these are the things that 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 God does for those who search for Him. Uh, he who searches for the wisdom of God, God is not going to snatch that that away from him. He's going to supply that, um, and it, it, even in the, that's why that's that's where where the the three of the law um, in the quote unquote elementary curb mirroring guides imagery works so well because he gives us these things um and we desire to to be on the path by faith we desire to be on the path um and to to choose the proper path and yet we do need that curb to keep us on the path and the guide to keep us uh heading towards the direction of of our neighbor and towards God, and and when we look at the, those, particularly those two, because it works with the path analogy, um, the the first use and the third use of the law, we can we can still we we can see that even in in the law of of of, of seeking God's righteousness or the, or the activity, I should say. Of seeking God's knowledge and and wisdom, and um, that that God is not going to snatch that away from us uh, in in our in our striving, in our desire to to know the mind of God and to um, and to and to study His His Word, His only begotten Son, um, given unto us. So and and, and so that there there we have an excellent example of that. The in the three uses of the law that you talked about, Pastor Mize, certainly the the curb does relate to this picture of the way or the path that Solomon does now start to bring up more as the text moves on past verse six. Mm-hmm. You, you talk about how the let's see, verse seven, the idea of walking in integrity. Verse eight, the paths of justice. Verse eight, the also also verse eight, the way against. So, I mean, over and over again, we're going to see this theme of, and we've seen it before, and we'll see it again and again. The idea of two ways or two paths, 
The first use of the law of the curb deals with that. I think also the, the third use as well deals with the idea of a path. Some, we call it a guide or a rule at times. The, the classic verse that I will use in my catechesis when it comes to the third use of the law is in Psalm 119, your word is a, a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, that, that he shows us this path. He, he lights it up. He, he guides us along it. And that is the image that we start to get, especially as verses 7 and, and following come to us. And, and the, the picture is that God keeps us in that path. He guards us on that path. We get that, that picture. And gradually, as, as Solomon continues, particularly as we get closer to verses 13 and following, he starts to bring out the contrast, the difference between the path which the Lord's wisdom would set us on, or the path of, let's see, the path of darkness is the way that he he looks, he talks about it in verse 13. So, Pastor Mize, help us to, to start seeing these two paths, the contrast to them, and how our Lord leads us on the right one. Yeah, it's, uh, you, you know that I am, I'm a very uh, art-minded guy and a picture guy, um, a tactile kind of person. And, and as you were um, as you were explaining that, I was thinking, you have Robert Frost's poem, uh, Two Rows Diversion of Wood, and everyone knows that part, that um, I, I took the path less, less trodden, and that made all the difference. But if you, look, if, you, if you read the entire poem, both paths are trodden. Uh, both paths have been walked down. Um, one is overgrown at the turn, uh, and one is not. That's ultimately how you know. But in in, in my mind, I painted my uh, I painted a picture, and if I could paint, I, I I can just I can just criticize art, be an art critic. I can't actually do it like all good critics. But I I just thought of. Um, you know the, the the old man in his in his pajamas with a you know an actual candle uh walking on a path of mirror and dirt with hedges aligning his way and thought ah, you know that right there would be a would be a wonderful image for someone to do and you would have all three um all three uh, uses, uses of the law now, that uh, you will trip and fall, and when you trip and fall and you sin, uh, then there's the mirror right there staring back at you. Anyway, um, sorry, that was my own aesthetics rant there. Uh, so, but with that Robert Frost poem, there is uh, there is the way of. And, and and where Robert Frost's example breaks down is that he says they're two perfectly fine paths, or at least they seem to like two perfectly fine paths. Um, but you know, I if I had if if I and I know myself, and I know that if I know that I would I want to take both, but I know that I, that it, I know myself well enough that if I go down one, I won't come back and do it do the other. So uh, he chooses the one that that seems more ad, adventurous rather than the one of least resistance. Um, and truly, that's what C.S. Lewis says, right? I mean, the the road to hell is 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 the gradual one. It's the in in the screw tape letters. It, it's not the uh, it's the one of least of least resistance. Um, the the path to darkness is the one of least resistance. It's it's in the not doing that you find yourself in complacency, and in complacency you'll find yourself um, in this murky quicksand uh, or, or this bog of um, here. I mean, here we'll just take give the examples that that he gives. Uh, Solomon gives in thirteen, fourteen, and 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 own and we'll we'll kind of break that there uh forsake the paths of 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 uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness and rejoice in doing evil and delight uh in the 
uh, delight in evil, uh, and whose whose paths are crooked again, uh, and who's devious, who are devious in their ways. Well, that that's that's the, you do have that choice. You have that choice to to walk down the way of wisdom, or to walk down the way of of foolishness. And to say that you don't have that choice um, is foolishness. Uh, but we, we you know we walk on the path. Like uh, you said it perfectly, that light a lamp to to my feet and a light to my path. Um, but to willfully or negligently or complacently take the path. This is where Robert Frost breaks down. Both paths are not equally fine looking. But one is one is much easier, and uh, it gets dark pretty quick. Right, and that I mean that's the picture that Solomon is giving here. You know, previously in chapter one, he he talked about the sinners who would entice you down this path, and they paint a good picture. But but the reality here, Solomon is going to keep doing this throughout the book. He's going to show the reality of where where that path actually leads. Verses thirteen through fifteen give us the start of that picture. And he really begins to, I think he shows us the end of that path as the rest of chapter 2 continues. So I'm going to go ahead and read the rest of chapter 2 for us, Pastor Mize. We're in chapter 2, verses 16 through 22. Solomon writes, So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. So you will walk in the way of the good, and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. That is the end of chapter 2, those verses 16 through 22. So Pastor Mize, we've, he's warned already of the way of evil. He's talking about men of perverted speech. Now, as he continues to describe this alternate way, the easy way, he's talking about the forbidden woman, the adulteress. And certainly, you know, the sixth commandment, I think, comes into play here. But I, I wonder if if it's not only about adultery concerning the sixth commandment, but if Solomon also has in mind the idea of adultery and idolatry. That's often a connection that is made in the Old Testament, where the Lord's people, when they go after another god, he will describe that as them committing adultery. And so I wonder if if both things are going on here in this part of the text. What do you think? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there, the, there is the Sixth Commandment uh, in the adulteress with her, with her sultry speech um, is certainly it's meant to be obvious um i mean that that's that's the that's the point you know, that's that's on the face of it as they say um but it's more of the allure alluring um uh, that that uh because the because it talks about the woman herself um that she had that she had given away what does it say? She had she had given away, um, or de- she she has for she forsakes uh, the companion of her youth. She has left the path. She has forsaken the faith, um, and it is and it is now it is now with her uh, her smooth words and uh, her you know curvy. Uh, Temptuous uh, words and body um, that further pull can further pull uh, Solomon's son towards like 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 a siren's song, um, but it's not merely sexual. Uh, it's it's. I don't want to say allegory. Po- 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 it's, it's poetry. It's Hebrew poetry. 
Um, that's that's what I wanted to bring out. Uh, so you will be delivered from the forbidden woman. Well, who is the forbidden woman? Well, she is the uh, the, the the siren whose uh, song is of death and destruction. Who is actually Satan in um, in Mrs. Doubtfire suit? Uh, is Satan who is who is uh, desires you to? Um, is Satan whose who, whose house has sunk down? Who calls you to depart? Um, and those who do do not regain their path. Mm-hmm. And so then uh, Solomon says to his son, so this is what you will do. You will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, etc., etc. But what happens, and so this is what you will do. And my son... This is what you will do. This is what I'm telling you, my son, that your father's will is for you to do this. And this is what shall happen to those who uh, who follow the siren. They will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted up out of it. And, of course, land is not merely um, heaven and hell, but also the house of, of Israel. You know the the chosen um, the, the the chosen people, and also, of course, uh, Sheol and hell. So there, there at the end, Pastor Mize, verses twenty through twenty-two, as you you were bringing us into that, this is the Father's will for His Son that that He will walk in the way of the good, keep to that path, rather than the other path, because He He lays out the end. And, and I think in these final verses of this chapter, verses 20 through 22, Solomon does give us a picture not only of earthly consequences, but as you were saying, these are these are eternal consequences that he's laying out as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, and plus, if, I mean, if you just look at the language itself, uh, the you know, be cut off from the land, uh, rooted out of it, and it going back to the land. Well, we're still in the in the in the path language. You know, we're still in the in the uh, uh, the, the, the the rocks and the dirt and the bush language, and um, you know the and the and we know that because he continues uh, in verse at verse twenty. Walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of righteous, of the righteous. Um, the upright will inhabit the land, as in not only the inheritance but eternal in- inheritance. And the the way of evil leads to uh, eternal and absolute death and hell. So yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I think it's it's helpful to keep that in mind that Solomon's got this end in mind. I mean, because that's the the point of walking on a path is to get to the end of the path. We're not just sort of aimlessly wandering, but there is an end. And when we keep that end in mind, I think it, and I think this is just generally true, that, that when we have a goal in mind, when there's an end in mind, that it makes the choices that we make, and, and there's that word again, Pastor Mai is choosing, but it makes those choices that we uh, yeah, make. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that word. <laughs> I, I know. I, I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> when we use it correctly. Um, yeah. I don't have a problem. But it makes those choices that we make right now, it, it makes them important. That that actually, the, the choice that I make, to, to take us back to the beginning of this text, the choice that I make to be attentive to the Lord's Word and to seek it out and to search for it and to be active in looking for it, that knowing the end it makes that choice right now actually important and not just sort of, well, it seems like the thing to do right now that I would fall into complacency. When there's a goal in mind, when I know where the Lord is taking me down his path and versus where the other path is going to lead me, it, it actually makes my choice now mean something, and just on a very practical level. Uh, Pastor Mice, well, also, go ahead. Also, later, later, later on, you, you're, you're, you're going to run into another word, um, 
that is much like choice um, and searching, and that's uh, judge to judge. And again, um, you know, the straight out of of the uh, liberal uh, pagan atheistic Bible, judge not lest you be judged. It means you can't judge me. Well, hang on. <laughs> uh, when we talk about judgment and making a judgment versus God's judgment, well, we have to make that distinction as well. And so that, that's something that you're, that, that you're going to find and run into uh, on down uh, in Proverbs as well. And I think that that's important because even on that path, it's, it's kind of funny you said, the, you know, the 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 – the purpose of a path is to get to the end. And I, and the first thing I thought was, ah, it depends on which generation you ask. That's right. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, uh, the greatest generation, that's what they would say. Um, the journey, the, 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 the 60s generation, the boomer, gener- boomer, boomer generation would say it's the journey, right? That's right. The it's road the journey, goes on man. forever and the party never ends to, yeah, to exactly. right. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But but that's not uh, uh, what we're talking uh, about here. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, I, I don't know what our generation would say, but uh, um, there, there is still good judgments and good choices uh, um, to be made along that uh, along that path, uh, and that path, and understanding where where that path leads, mm. and that path leads to Christ. Right. Um, with with that now, thought, Pastor Mize, just because we are running, we got about two minutes here. So with sure. that thought that the path leads to Christ, as we think about Proverbs 2 as a whole, how how is this pointing us to that end, to Christ, with about two minutes? Um, actually, I'm going to go back to uh, to Advent and the O antiphons. Uh, o wisdom, uh, mm. Christ as the as the as the wisdom. Um, you know, if, if if we are to search the unsearchable and the and the in, in, and the uh, uh, the unknowable ways of God, then we have to start with the flesh of Christ. And now, of course, this is talking on this side of the of the resurrection, um, and looking through the, through those lens at Proverbs. Um, but you know that 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 path that has been trod before us is the Via Dolorosa. You know, it's it, it's it's our path before us has already been charted with uh, with the bloody wounds of Christ's feet, uh, and that's that is the beginning and the end of wisdom for the Christian. Pastor Gavin Mize is the pastor at Augustana Evangelical Lutheran Church in Hickory, North Carolina, helping us this morning with Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 22. Pastor Mize, thanks for being our guest today. Always enjoy. Thank you so much. Two paths, the path of wisdom, the path of uprightness, or the path of wickedness and evil. The Lord sets your feet. It is his will to take you on the path of righteousness through his son, Jesus Christ, to your eternal home. I'm your host here on Sharper Iron, Pastor Timothy Apple of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas. Thanks for spending the morning with us. Talk to you again tomorrow.